From the East Coast to the West, this is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing okay. My spirits are low for the Timberwolves, but my spirits are high in other areas of my life. So That's good. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. I also have low Timberwolves spirits right now. It's hard, hard to be posy about the Timberwolves. The one thing we can hold on to is that everybody's hurt. Everybody on our team is injured. That's right. You know, so I guess I guess it's not that bad. It could be worse. We could be healthy and this bad. The one thing that we could count on with Andrew Wiggins in a good way was that he didn't get hurt, and now he's hurt tonight, so I don't know how to feel. Yeah, I guess he is hurt. I saw he wasn't in the starting lineup. I don't know if he's hurt or maybe there's something personal going on. I don't know. But let's hope it's something personal. Wait, well, well. that didn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, get to the point. So today we are reacting to the trade deadline. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each trade, each team, alphabetically, and we're going to give it a grade. Hopefully, we'll make it through everything in a reasonable amount of time. There were so many trades, Dylan. There were so many trades. So many tiny little trades to get everybody under the luxury tax. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only tiny ones, though, but there were some pretty significant, surprising trades that happened. Oh, I call them medium-large. Medium-large, yeah. I suppose most of them were medium-large. A couple, one blockbuster, one near blockbuster, and a bunch of other very, very interesting ones. Let's dive right in. So we're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. The first trade they did is they sent Tyler Dorsey to Memphis and got back Shelvin Mack and sent a 2020 top 55 protected second round pick so probably nothing and got back Jabari Bird from Boston and some cash honestly this move is is kind of meaningless i think that uh they got some cash and they got a <laughs> point guard that is essentially the same as the point guard that they bought out as far as replacement level value. Uh, and they got Jabari Bird, who is a domestic abuser. So, Yikes. And w- I don't even know the difference between Tyler Dorsey and Jabari Bird. Like, are they, is one better than the other? I don't even know. I think Tyler Dorsey is like a second or third year pro who was in college for a while. He, I think he's a scorer. I don't know anything about him. I don't care about these. Same with Jabari trade. Bird. They're both like. 23 year old whatevers yeah i uh f plus f plus plus. yeah it's it's not f plus seems a little harsh but i don't care enough f plus is fine with me write it down and and, uh on the boston side of things since they're actually alphabetically next so they offloaded jabari and uh a little bit of cash and got this fake second round pick from atlanta a plus yeah, they got rid of a domestic abuser and got under the luxury tax. So and eighty wasn't traded. Hey, that's not bad. Actually, I I can't say a plus because Kyrie wants out, or Kyrie might want out, or he's saying he's leaving the door open to leave. Yeah, so so a minus, a b plus actually b that's plus because if be Kyrie horrible. leaves, that's if a big Kyrie, deal. Yeah, b plus. Although. Honestly, maybe Kyrie leaving is a little bit overrated only because they've got so many assets that they could either 
use their draft picks to acquire young players and build a core around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You know, how good is that core? I don't know. But, you know, people think Jason Tatum is an all-NBA caliber player. Um, and Jalen Brown seems to be at least an all-star caliber player. So mm, Maybe, yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, Chris Middleton made an all-star game. Nikola Vucevic, you know, Jeff Teague. There's lots of all-star caliber players. In, in the East. Yeah, the Jeff Celtics Teague are is. in the East, so. Yeah, no, maybe in maybe someday in the East, but not this year or next year. I mean, not like in the next two years, I should say. Yeah, but they've got, you know, in the in the next few years, they've got like six or seven first-round picks. So they've got flexibility even if Kyrie leaves. Sure, it would set them back, but they were, they're already so ahead of the curve on a rebuild that, you know, what's a few extra years? It would be horrible. They'd lose their best player. No one wants to lose their best player. They, they don't get an A for this. I think they get a B plus. I'm fine with that. I can vibe with that. Even though Kyrie wanting out is not technically part of their trade deadline. It kind of is because he said it at the trade deadline and it probably affected the way that they treated or that they will treat transactions. Yeah, and arguably they could have made moves that would have possibly made Kyrie want to stay more. Mm, so Yeah. Yeah, B plus is good with me. Next is the Brooklyn Nets who sent cash to toronto for greg monroe who they immediately waived and a 2021 second round pick i think that is a just fine deal c plus for that go nets i give them a plus they got karis levert back (laughs) that has nothing to do with their transaction dylan yeah but they're gonna make the playoffs for the first time in 10 years that's true they are i'm so proud of the nets (laughs) They're going to get a low, a probably low second-round pick. Who knows where Toronto's going to be in 2021, though, if, if uh, Kawhi leaves. We don't really know what's going to be up. Kyle Lowry's getting old. Yeah. They're well, still if paying Ka- him If Kawhi million. leaves, they'll they'll trade Kyle Lowry and probably Marcus Gasol, and they'll rebuild around Pascal and Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi, which is not great, uh, but not bad. I think, if anything, their general manager, Bobby Webster, has proven himself to be really smart and, in a Danny Ainge type of way, not afraid to get rid of his assets for the betterment of whatever the team needs to be. Yeah, this trade deadline, they traded just about all of their second-round picks. Yeah, so I think that they'll, they'll be positioning themselves well no matter what happens, yeah. Who knows? Maybe in 2021 they'll be tanking, though. So So the Brooklyn Nets, I give them a C plus. I think it's a just fine trade. I'm I'm going to give them a B minus because Karis LeVert's back, baby. All right, up next is the Chicago Bulls, which is probably the most interesting trade yet. Definitely the most interesting trade that we've talked about yet. So the Chicago Bulls sent Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker to the Washington Wizards in exchange for Otto Porter Jr., then they sent a 2020 top 55 protected second round pick, so a nothing pick, to OKC for TLC. A nothing player? Yeah, and some cash. So what are your thoughts? Ugh. Otto Porter on the Bulls, you think that he is, quote unquote, their small forward of the future? They're trying to try to go in and, you know, compete with this core they got? 
First of all, I have to say Gar Foreman is a sleazy bastard, <laughs> and all he wants is cash from other teams. He loves what is this, to the do this. Fifth deal in the last three years that he just takes cash at the yeah. trade deadline or any anytime. He sold uh, the Warriors Jordan Bell for cash too. Jordan Bell's a good player. He's a good player for Chicago. Looking forward, you've got Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Laurie Markkinen, and Wendell Carter. Is that a playoff core? Never. Not even <laughs> in the East. <laughs> I think it depends on how good uh, Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter are. Because obviously we kind of we know how good Zach Levine is. He could maybe be a little bit better. And we know how good Otto Porter is. Zach Levine will never be better than he was in the first 20 games of the season, though. He was yeah. like 28 and 6 yeah. or something like that. That was his peak, and he couldn't sustain it. And he probably will never be able to sustain that. So they got rid of Bobby Portis, who is actually a pretty good player, and they took back a contract. They they got rid of two expiring contracts, and they took back a huge contract. Yeah, two years not, of money. I guess it's not horrible in in terms of, like, they're not going to have to pay Laurie Markkinen for the next couple of years, so they're going to have to have that space anyway in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, or coming up whenever that happens. But it's just not – Otto Porter's just not the player that I would want playing for the Bulls right now when you're trying to tank for Zion. Yeah, it's also not a great look to have $50 million invested in Zach Levine and Otto Porter. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, not a great look. But you know, like the the Bulls, the Bulls are gonna look a lot different next year with their you know one, two, or three first round pick, whatever they end up getting, maybe four. You know, uh, so maybe R.J. Barrett will actually be their small forward of the future, and they just haven't gotten him yet. Maybe Zion, whoever they end up with, uh, maybe John Morant will be their point guard of the future. Who knows? But Maybe he'll be the point guard of the Timberwolves' future. Oh, that would be hella tight. I am thoroughly okay with this deal. I mean, like, the Bulls probably weren't going to get anybody in free agency. And you might as well see what it looks like with this type of player on your roster. You know, sort of a 3 and D, 40% three-point shooter. On his at his best, you know, he's a forty percent three point shooter. Can defend decently well, and uh, can get a little crafty with the ball in his hands as far as his his dribbling ability, but only a little crafty. So it's like it's like a it's like a trial run. It's like is this the type of player we want to pair with our core that we have? I guess core, <laughs> yeah, core. It's it's something. I give the Bulls. Ugh, it's a C. It's really just a middle-of-the-road fine deal. I'm going to give them a C-, and the minus is because they could lose Zion over this. Yeah, Otto Porter could just make them that much better. Does Otto Porter make them better than Bobby and Jabari do combined? Yes, because he fits so much better with Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter. He shores up the the missing the missing position in their lineup. I do have to apologize for all of my Trey Young hate. He's been playing out of his mind, and the Hawks have been winning. Trey Young is good. 
so Denver's next as far as young teams. I mean, Denver is now. And then I think the Hawks are next. I'm not ready to say that. The Dallas Mavericks are that, obviously, for me. The thing is, though, I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to get old really quick. I think they're just going to be an old team with two young players. Really? That's the vibe I get. Hmm. That is the vibe I get. They have more than two young players already. Justin Jackson, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke. They're all kind of young. Good point. Good point. They actually did young themselves up over this trade deadline. We'll get to them, though. Next, we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, who sent out Rodney Hood to Portland. Then, in the Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin carousel, they were a stop. Ugh. (laughs) So confusing. I don't even want to talk about them. Yeah, they they sent those guys out. But they ended up, at the end of the day, they got a Portland 2021 and 2023 second rounder, Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, an unprotected Houston 2019 first, and a Houston 2022 second. So essentially, they turned Rodney Hood and Alec Burks into three second round picks, a first round pick, and Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. I say good job because it's a bad first. It it'll it's be a, it'll be it a, an okay first. Yeah, yeah, I mean it'll be okay. Houston it will have probably the like sixth to eighth best record in the NBA. Yeah, I think they'll be in the early twenties. Yeah, so like not horrible. And if you're the Cavs, you're you're trying to get as many bites as the apple as you can. Because as far as franchise players go, I don't know if they have any. Maybe Colin Sexton. Yeah, and Rodney Hood's played better than last year. He's actually been something. So they want to get rid of him so they can get the third top pick in the last 10 years or whatever. And I'll tell you what. There's no better way to lose games than to put Marquise Chris at center and just (laughs) let the baskets fly in. Kevin Love, Marquise Chris Ooh. as their rim protectors. <laughs> oh, man. The defense is stout. Um, I think they did a good job, though. I mean, they're going to get – they they've got a bunch of picks. None of them are that good, but they've both made their tanking better and acquired who's, a few more signed with the swings Cavs? of the bats. Uh, Nick Stauskas signed with the Cavs. So Nick Stauskas signed with them, but he was – After being was traded. Was he ever on them at some point? I don't. I guess he never like was officially a member of the Cavs, but he had been traded to the Cavs before being traded to Houston. Because really, what it was is is Rodney Hood was traded for Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin and two Portland second rounders. Right. And then Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin were flipped into Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and Houston first, Houston second. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good haul for them. Yeah, it's not bad. It's really not bad. I am just disappointed that they didn't deal Kevin Love, and so I can't give them an A. I'll give them a B. Yeah, I think a B is right, too. They couldn't really deal Kevin Love because he was he had been hurt. But Whatever. And he has a lot of money left on his contract, so I get it. I get it, but it would have been nice to see him go. All right, I think a B is a really solid grade. We're going to move on to the Dallas Mavericks, which we kind of teased before. This is this is a lot. Okay? So, first, the Mavericks traded, of course, Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr., 2021 first, 
unprotected and a 2023 top 10 protected to New York. Granted, those years are based on whenever the Dallas pick traded to Atlanta conveys from the Luka Doncic deal. Um, and in return from New York, they got Chris Stapps, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke. Then they weren't done. They shipped off Harrison Barnes and his second year of a near max contract for Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson from the Sacramento Kings and Zach Randolph, who they immediately waived. The Dallas Mavericks snapped their fingers with the Infinity Stone gauntlet. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. Dennis Smith has been playing out of his mind these last couple games. Uh, Just like he's he's been playing like he wants to play basketball for the first time in two years. Maybe it's the Garden doing it to him. Who knows? I don't know if I like them getting rid of Harrison Barnes. I don't I like know if Harrison I like Barnes. that move. I enjoy Harrison Barnes, and if you're going to have young players on your team, maybe they had to get rid of Harrison Barnes so they could stay out of the luxury tax when they re-signed Kristaps. Right. Because they already have Tim Hardaway, and they're not going to get rid of that contract. They took that one as a favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that one's got two years left on it, I believe. Because he, yeah. he was signed in 2017, not 2016. So I think he's got two more years after this one at $17 million-ish. So it, it, the question is, it's like, is the peak of this team better trying to make Dennis Smith and Luca work together and not necessarily be their best selves? Or is the peak of this team to take this transcendent talent in Luca and mold the team around his skill set and you know make it flow through him right which is kind of the kind of Chris Astrozingas obviously is an all-star in his own right and an extreme talent in his own right but is a perfect partner for Luka Doncic provides both a wonderful pick and roll partner and spacing and rim protection like what that is perfect that's like what he needs all in one player um and so by getting rid of Dennis Smith Jr. and also shedding that Harrison Barnes money, you leave yourself a little bit of flexibility in the offseason to pick and choose which players you want to build around this 1-5 duo in Doncic and Porzingis. However unconventional this 1-5 duo is. Yes, Chris Hubs Porzingis was an all-star. He was an all-star in the East, though. And also, he tore his ACL, and he's seven foot two, seven foot three, however tall. It's going to be tough for him to come back from that. And we've already heard word that he might not play this year, even with the Dallas Mavericks. Right. right. I'm really nervous about this. And I think that all of the people who were hailing this trade as like uh, some type of caper of Madison Square Garden, uh, I think that they should all be questioned because I think that was they were a little bit quick to judge that. And especially given... There are so many question marks attached to Kristaps that we have yet to see. My hesitation is also in how are they going to build around these two guys that they're going to have to pay a lot of money to when they're not going to have their first-round picks for the next four years. Well, they'll have them in alternating years because you can't trade subsequent years, so they'll have every other. But you're right. They have about $60 million in... Um, salary for next year oh that's good and a bunch that they have 
uh, written, and so they'll have maybe 45 million. So maybe they could sign someone huge. Yeah, and like Kristaps might want the max, but I don't know if he'll get the absolute max. I bet he'll get close to the max, but I, you know, his contract will probably be structured like Joel Embiid's, who I think is a really good comp for Kristaps. This like transcendent, huge talent who has also been very injury prone. You know, his deal was structured around like minutes played, um, based on, and that would determine how many guaranteed, how much guaranteed money he got, and. I was convinced oh. that Joel Embiid was going to get hurt this year and, and probably was never going to be the Joel Embiid that we wanted because he kept getting hurt. But he's been really healthy this whole season. Uh, so that gives me some hope for Chris Porzingis. Also, DeMarcus Cousins coming back and looking good after tearing his Achilles has given me hope for Chris Porzingis. So I don't know. I, don't, I, think, that, I think that it was a, like a good risk by Dallas. And I don't think they gave up too much. I don't know how good Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be. The two firsts is tough, but if all goes well, they'll be firsts in the 20s. So, I am going to go with a B. Um, it looks like Chris House Przingis is on hold for $17 million of that $40 million that they'll have, $45 million. But they could still sign some significant players after that. I'm giving them an A. Because I think that the the risk reward profile is is really favorable for the Dallas Mavericks. If Chris Stapps doesn't work out, they've still got Luca, and they didn't get rid of any player, any current asset that is ultimately that valuable. And if Luca is as good as I think he is, they can. Build a good team around him, even without getting the best of the best free agents. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I just don't think they're in that bad of a position moving forward. I, I just don't think that it's an automatic A. Fair. But we really do got to move on. That was a long time on the Knicks in Dallas. We're going to move. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut all that. <laughs> cut the whole thing. We don't need to talk about them. We're going to move on to the Detroit Pistons, who sent out Stanley Johnson to Milwaukee, who was then shipped off to New Orleans, and in return got Thon Maker, or Thon McCurr, who he he corrected the NBA and said, my name is Thon McCurr, and no one has changed. Everyone still calls him Thon Maker. So let's be sure on the Coast to Coast NBA podcast that we call him Thon McCurr and respect his goddamn name. Then let's respect his goddamn name until he's out of the NBA next year. Yeah. <laughs> At least until then. Uh, until he's scoring 50 points in China. Uh, then they sent Reggie Bullock to Los Angeles in exchange for Sviatoslav Mikhailuk and Los Angeles' 2021 second round pick. I'm worried about the Lakers. I think the Pistons made the right move there. And I don't care at all about Stanley Johnson for Thon McCur. Yeah, that's two players who probably won't be in the NBA much longer. My thing with Detroit is I think that they are really pushing it. If you have too many white players, like how good can you be? You know, <laughs> I hate to bring it there, but Detroit has got like Luke Kennard, Svee, John Luer. Henry Ellison, 
just like all i mean all these white dudes out there it's like you need you need you need some more black dudes don't get rid of your black dude with cool hair for speed yeah. and blake griffin's basically white i know he's i call him big pink <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to make uh, i'm trying to make big pink an official basketball reference nickname for him i don't know how to do it though quit trying to make big pink happen <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll get behind Big Pink. I don't, why pink? Because when he gets all hot, he gets really pink. <laughs> That's fair. He does get really red. <laughs> all right. So my thoughts on this trade, actually, the thon for Stanley is just fine. Like the hope is that you shake up those two disappointing prospects, and maybe they get a little extra life. Um, I think I like Thon a little bit more than Stanley Johnson just because Thon had a couple good playoff games and Stanley Johnson, I, I don't know if I've ever seen play, you know, like I've seen Detroit Pistons games, but I don't think I've ever seen Stanley Johnson. You know what I mean? And then Svi, I actually think the Pistons came out on top here for Svi for Bullock because Svi, although he's not actually younger because he's like a 25 year old rookie, that dude is ready for the moment. He played in LA under big lights on the biggest stage and had some awesome games where he was he would come on and he just drain shots. Um, so I think I tweeted watching him play once is that he's going to have a long NBA career. And I don't regret saying that because I think he will. I mean, he's a good shooter and he is a smart basketball player and he's got, I mean, he's six foot eight, so he's got size. And he can do I a little bit more with the ball in his hands l- then. A little too much Svi talk. We got a little Jayhawk homerism coming in. Uh, but I do think that it says something that he got into the lineup before Moritz Wagner did. Svi's not a bad player. He made a lot of his pregame warm-ups when I was watching the Lakers. But ultimately a C-plus on this trade. Yeah, I think a C-plus is the right move. Because when you think about it, they did get rid of their best perimeter player in Reggie Bullock. <laughs> it's not like they needed him. I don't know. Yeah. They're All right. not going to make the playoffs. Probably not, but I think they would really like to. Houston. So at the end of the day, Houston turned James Ennis into Iman Shumpert, and they had to give up a 2019 first and a 2020 second. They also got off some salary by trading Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight, and they got some cash from someone I don't really know. I I lost track. Some some Wade Baldwin Nick Stauskas trade got them a little bit of cash. Um, and they traded James Ennis to the Sixers for a twenty twenty one second round pick swap. Daryl Morey made his team better, and he got under the luxury at the same time on a roster that was almost impossible to move anything on. Both you and I tried to move stuff on the Rockets, and we were like, it's impossible. I think that that says something. I give it a B plus. You know what I learned from this trade? Is that I am not and will not ever be as smart as Daryl Morey. I give it a B yep. I give it a B plus too. That's some serious, serious finagling to improve the team like m- more than marginally, significantly. Iman, James yeah. Ennis to Iman is a huge upgrade. Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight were inconsequential. And you know what? They don't need that 2019 first because they're all in now. They got to win. Yep. Playoff experience wins out. You know, Chomper has that. That's right. That's right. Next is the Indiana Pacers. 
But they just sent cash to Houston for Nick Skauskas and Wade Baldwin, which they then waived. So essentially they sent cash for a Bucks 2021 second round pick. <laughs> I see Dylan has given this a sad face grade. And I think that's fine. I'm not giving them a letter grade. They just get sad face for Oladipo. Fair. Wolves are up 20 points against the Clippers. Oh, shit. Dude, I can't wait to go to the, get to the Clippers. Oh, shit, they're next. This is perfect. All right. I got a lot of thoughts about this Clippers shit. I think... Let me, let me say what happened first. So the Clippers did a lot. They were active as fuck. So first... They sent Tobias Harris, Boban, and Mike Scott to Philadelphia in exchange for Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Landry Shamit, Philadelphia's 2020 lottery-protected first, Miami's 2021 unprotected first, and two Detroit second-rounders, 2021-2023. Boom. Then they sent Mike Muscala to the Los Angeles Lakers for Ivaka Zubats and Michael Beasley, who they then waived. Boom. Then, they were not done. They sent Avery Bradley to the Memphis Grizzlies for Garrett Temple and J. Michael Green. Dylan, the Clippers traded their best player, but they got better? No, they didn't get better. They didn't get better. They didn't get that much worse. They got just worse enough to be able to get their pick, which was probably the best decision that they've ever made. Yeah. It's possible that the Lakers don't get in the playoffs. But if I had to bet my life on it, LeBron makes the playoffs. Unless he shuts himself down, if he's playing hard, LeBron makes the playoffs this year. Yep, I agree. Clippers do not. I agree. I agree. So They lost their best player, and they got back Evika Zubac, who is a fine starting center for them now at this point, instead of Marcin Gortat and Boban. Uh He's fine, but he is not going to make a team that much better. I think a lot of his advanced stats looking good, at least with like in terms of PER, are because he is a big man who has shoots a high percentage from the paint. But he doesn't really spread the floor a lot for them. So he's not really the type of starting center that you would want on a team that wants to look toward the future. So like he'd be a fine backup center, I would say, on a really good team, right? I agree. I agree. Um, and so, but then they get Landry Shamet, who's obviously a very good player already. And I had him in our rookie draft. Mm-hmm. So he was obviously undervalued in the draft and has already shown a lot of potential. And they got a ton of picks, but I don't think that they're a better team now. I think that they made the right moves in order to get out of the playoffs. And I, that's what I'm hoping for them. The biggest thing that they have, though, is they have $60 million in cap space for next year. Kawhi Leonard. They could get two max players, possibly. Dude, Kawhi and KD on the Clippers. Yeah, that's amazing. So you never know. What if Tobias comes back? Someone posed that question on a podcast I was listening to. I can't remember. But Tobias leaves Philly in science with the Clippers. That would be a disaster for the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's what I'm thinking, okay? So they cleared up all that cap space. They also got a lot of future draft picks. And I think a lot of people in the league are overvaluing that Miami 
2021 first. At least a lot of people in the national media are overvaluing that. People are like, you got to get, that's the best asset available right now. Who knows where Miami's going to be in 2021? Let me tell you where Miami's going to be in 2021. They're going to be just fine. They're going to land a free agent. They're going to be just fine. They're either going to be really good or they're going to be okay. But I guarantee you Miami is not anytime soon going to be a tanking mess. That's just, Josh Richardson just put down like 40 points last night. I know. Like that. They got Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow on long-term team-friendly deals. They got both those guys for like $20 million for the next four years. And they've got all this money coming off the books in 2020. They've got like – they probably got like $86 million coming off the books in, in 2020. <laughs> So you yeah, and you think you think Miami's not gonna be like, hello, twenty twenty free agents, come play in Miami. We can pay you all the money you want. My point is though, is that this summer they have legitimately put themselves in the Anthony Davis conversation. If you know, New Orleans values that pick as much as some national media members do. Because they've got some interesting young prospects. Granted, they probably don't have the all-NBA caliber player. But depending on how New Orleans feels about Shea Gilgis-Alexander, if they give up Shea, the lottery-protected Philadelphia, the unprotected Miami, a couple of their own picks, and some of their other young players, Landry Shamit, Jerome Robinson, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a chance. If, if shit gets... Danilo. Danilo, if shit gets if shit gets shaky in Boston, there's a chance that the Clippers could swoop up Anthony Davis. Or if Anthony Davis is available when they sign Kawhi, they'll have these assets to then swoop up some other disgruntled star. Blah blah blah. Why do people think that AD's going to Boston now? AD specifically said, "I don't want to go to Boston" when he sent out the list of teams that he wanted to go to. He's I know. not going to resign with them. I know, but like if you're Boston, just like Toronto traded for Kawhi, you know, even though Kawhi said he would only resign it here, here, and but here. But they're not going to give up Jason Tatum for one year of Anthony Davis. That's true. And Kawhi never Jason said, Tatum's I will valuable. not resign with the Raptors. You know, Kawhi said, I will only resign here, here, and here. The Raptors didn't give up their best asset. Their, or they didn't give up an asset that's like Jason Tatum. They gave up DeMar DeRozan, who was good, but it was cl- a clear upgrade in this in a similar time in their careers for them to go for Kawhi at that point. Well, but like at this point Jason Tatum has too much upside for them to trade him away for a probable one year of Anthony Davis. What did what does New Orleans want? They want an all NBA caliber player, DeMar DeRozan. They want a young prospect, Jakob Pertl, and they want draft picks. Toronto gave up a draft pick in that trade. So, you know, like that is different because San Antonio was in a different position, but it's comparable, right? I just don't think that Boston's going to give up that much for Anthony Davis. That's my only thing. I don't, I don't care about the analogy of Kawhi to AD, whatever that trade would be. I agree. I just don't think, I just don't think in this case. I think Jason Tatum is more valuable than any of those, uh, anything that Toronto gave to the Spurs for Kawhi. I think the most interesting thing is that LA might, LA, the Lakers might still be pushing the hardest 
and Boston might be out on the AD thing, or at least out on Jason Tatum. And so New Orleans might be looking at the LA Lakers deal and be like, is this the best we could get? Dell Demps is like, I hate LA. Fuck the Lakers. I don't want to help the Lakers out. Clippers, hey, I don't mind this package you're sending me. I like these players. Who knows? Who knows? I don't I know. could see it. There are enough firsts. It seems like they wanted a bunch of firsts. They wanted like four firsts and in this like the Clippers could give away three firsts at least. Yeah, and you and, you could sell uh, you could sell that Miami unprotected pick as like a darling jewel, even though it probably won't be. Overall, they just did the right things. Yeah. It Each was, one of the moves was a positive move for them. They got rid of Avery Bradley. Um, they got a bunch of expiring mm-hmm. in Garrett Temple, Jamichael Green. Uh, yeah, a lot of these guys are just expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got some good, or they got a good young player in Lander Shamit. They they just made all the right moves. Yeah, I give I'm them an A plus. A. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them an A plus. But I'm gonna give them an A. I'm a harsher grader than you. You are, and that's fine with me. <laughs> All right, moving on to the LA Lakers. We've already talked about some of these trades. They sent Ivaka Zubats and Michael Beasley to the Clippers for Mike Muscala and Svi and a 2021 second for Reggie Bullock. I don't understand these moves. These are stupid. These are dumb moves. They just gave up. I understand them. Mike Muscala is going to be able to shoot threes. LeBron needs shooting. Like that's how that's traditionally how LeBron has made it into the playoffs is just with him plus shooters. And Reggie Bullock, granted, has not been shooting very well, uh, but he is a veteran NBA player uh, who is hopefully, ideally, in an ideal situation, going to play better in a high pressure situation. Oh shit! I had it way wrong. He's young as fuck. He can't. I forgot. Okay, so I had it backwards. He came and played at KU when he was sixteen. Played for four years. Oh, crap. So he's only twenty-one. Yeah, and Reggie Bullock's what twenty-five. Yeah. Okay, so I understand why they did that. Svi's still young, mm-hmm. uh, and Reggie Bullock is going to, in theory play better in high-pressure situations. He's been playing in the NBA a lot longer, obviously. Uh, the downside of all of these trades is that they whiffed on AD, and they were humiliated by Dell Demps, the GM of Norris Pelicans. But I think that they're going to get the last laugh here. I still do. And part of this is my Minneapolis Laker homerism <laughs> inside of me. But I do think that they're going to still land AD because I think, I don't think Boston's going to give them a big enough package, and then they're going to realize, wait, L.A., you gave us a big package earlier. Let's see what you got. And then Magic's going to be like, no, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you my whole team for Anthony Davis now. I will give you maybe two of the three, two of the big three uh, young guys that they got, two of Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo. Not all of them, though. I don't think that I. I think that they're going to get it done for less than they offered already. I think that they were panicking, and I think that they are desperate to get LeBron somebody to pair with in the playoffs, and that's the best offer that they will get for Anthony Davis. 
you know, probably. But I still think Dale Demps might say, fuck you. And take a different deal. And, and trade him for nothing? Get OG and Pascal and Fred Van Vliet or something. I don't know. When I was looking at how much they were giving up for Anthony Davis, I was like, wow, I don't know if I would do that if I were the Lakers. Yeah, four young players and two first-round picks. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. especially. And I, then you're also taking on, uh, what's his face? Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill. You're yeah. taking on the Solomon Hill contract? Yeah, and you know what? I say Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle. That's a good team. Oh, I forgot Julius Randle's on the Pelicans. It would have it would have just been the Lakers from last year. <laughs> Plus Drew Holiday. And it it, it would have been like a 30, 38 to 40 win team though. Yeah, I mean, plus Miritich coming off the bench. I don't know. I think that team would not have been, like, significantly worse. They would have had more NBA-caliber players on their roster, which has been a big flaw of these New Orleans Anthony Davis teams, is that they only ever have four or five NBA players and then a bunch of guys who are like, who? So I give the Lakers a C. No, I give them – actually, I give them a D-plus – because they missed out on Anthony Davis, but it wasn't the end of the world because they will probably get him in the summer, but they didn't get him now. And they gave up on some young prospects, which I don't like. Um, I'm going to give him a C because I, I do think Mike Muscala is going to play better next to LeBron uh, as a stretch four or five. And I think that they're going to win in the end. I think that they're still going to make the playoffs this year, and I think that they're going to land at least a major free agent in the offseason, whether it's AD or Kyrie or Kawhi. Somebody's coming. On to the Memphis Grizzlies. So the big thing the Memphis Grizzlies did is they traded Marcus All to Toronto. In return, they got DeLon Wright, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ Biles, and Toronto 2024 second-round pick. They traded Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green for Avery Bradley and Shelvin Mack for Tyler Dorsey. Notably, what they did not do is trade Mike Conley. So, I think the return for Marcus Saul that they got was probably the best that they could have done. Marcus Saul, however good he may or may not be anymore, is not a super. Um, inspiring asset to be trading an old center who gets hurt kind of a lot and has a player option essentially next year for about 24 million not the most appealing asset but they got delon Wright, who is a good player he's not young he's he's 26 or 27 but i think he can do more than he was doing on toronto because he was a little bit buried on that roster with all the guard depth. And I think he could be a transitional piece for Grizz- the Grizzlies going forward. Um, Jonas and C.J. Miles. Like, Jonas could be a trade piece next year. I don't know how long C.J. Miles' contract is, but he could also be a trade piece next year if he's on for more than one year. Um, other than that, the other trades seem fairly inconsequential. Surprisingly... DeLon Wright is is one month older than Jonas Valanciunas. Hmm. Yeah, Jonas is still young. I thought Jonas was like 30. He's 
26. No, he, They're both 26. Yeah, he came into the league when he was like 18. He's been – he was very young when he came in. I think that they didn't – I don't even know if their team's worse. I don't think it is. I think it is actually maybe slightly better. I think so too. My only qualm with this is that now they have DeLon Wright and Dylan Brooks on the same team. Well, Dylan's hurt for I'm the rest going of the year. So confused. Oh, got it. Be so confused next year. <laughs> Do not put the Dillons and the Dillons on the same team. That was a slow burn. What are we doing? That was a slow burner for me. Oh, that's good. I like that. No one's gonna know who they're gonna trade next year. <laughs> Wait, do you mean Dylan or Delan? Uh, uh. Wait, you mean Marshawn or Dylan? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I give them a C. You know what? I give them a C plus only because I I really like that they did not trade Mike Conley because I think they will get more value for him next year as an expiring contract. Rather than this year with oh yeah another year left on his deal, I think he's an expiring next year, uh, or maybe he's got two more years. But the later they trade him, I think the more value they'll get for him, because he will because he's thirty one million expiring, so or he will be thirty one million expiring whatever when they trade him. So I think teams will be more willing to give up a little bit more for that expiring. Um, Mike Conley has. Two years left on his deal. Two years after this after one? After this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, his value, he's 29. His value is not going to go down unless he, you know, has a significant injury. So, he's they, he's going to be making $34.5 million in 2021. Yeah, you trade his ass when he's an expiring to the Miami Heat or something <laughs> who are trying to go all in because we don't have our draft pick this year. I was for them trading Mike Conley. I think this was the year, but whatever. Well, they didn't do it. They did fine with Marcus All. Yep, they did, they did fine. fine with their other. They didn't have to take it back any bad salary trading Marcus All, which is a win. All right, mm-hmm. on to the Miami Heat. A salary, a luxury tax trade. Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington to Phoenix, who Wayne Ellington was immediately waived and now plays for the Detroit Pistons, and Ryan Anderson to the Miami Heat. Fine. All around fine. Yeah, good move under the luxury tax, right? Yeah. I give it a uh, C. C plus. Ooh. I give a C plus. I have I have a hard uh, they've time. Been wanting to get rid of Tyler they've been wanting to get rid of Tyler Johnson for so long. I know, his ugly and ass. And Ryan Anderson needed to get out of Phoenix because he's not a bad player. I don't know. It's fine. They they have the same amount of money left on their deal, and if you're going to get under the luxury tax with it, then it's a good move. Yeah, just fine. I just have a hard time giving luxury tax deals a like distinctly positive grade when the team didn't actually get better. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's just like a C is fine. You did fine. You did what you were supposed to do, <laughs> basically. You know? Um, I guess so. I guess in my heart, I would like to believe that if they got into the luxury tax, that the owner would be more willing to go into the luxury tax the next year or another year where they're like, well, at least in the year we weren't competing, we were under the luxury tax. So maybe in a year that we are competing, we can go over. The owners might 
be willing to go over because yep. they haven't been spending all their money already. Yep, and you got to save yourself from that repeater tax because that is brutal. All right. Yeah. Next up is the Milwaukee Bucks, who turned Jason Smith, four second-round picks, three of which were not their own, and Thon Maker into Nikola Mirotic. I think this the Bucks did a really good, really good job. Thon McCurr. Thon McCurr. My bad. I just made a big stink about that and I fucked it up. Thon McCurr. Yeah, you dick. Um, sorry. I think the Bucks did a really good job. They got rid of two players that don't play, and a bunch of second round picks that are essentially meaningless to them, and turned it into a serious upgrade on Ursan Ilyasova in the likes of Nikola Mirotic. What is their defense going to look like? I think Nikola Mirotic is a better defender than we give him credit for. He doesn't look like your typical defender, but he's like Dario Saric-like in his defense, where he's sure he's not the typical athletic defender, but he's smart and he knows how to position himself to play fine defense. My My biggest problem isn't that he's not good at defense. My biggest problem is just that who guards the three? Because the way that you want to use Giannis is you're going to want Giannis by the basket protecting the rim. And with Nikola Mirotic, you can't have him guarding the three. So if you're going to have him starting at the four position, you have Brooke Lopez starting at the five, Giannis would have to end up on the three. And I don't think that's where they want him to be. Here's the thing, that's... though. I don't think it's about who starts. I think it's about who finishes. And how about we finish with Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Mirotic, Giannis. Sexy, right? Yeah, that is interesting. We'll see how good Giannis is actually as a center. You know, we always fantasize about these center lineups. We fantasize about LeBron at center, blah, 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 KD at center. You know, how many of these guys can actually play center, though? I think of these types of guys, Giannis is probably going to be the most capable to make that happen. But, you know, there are there are teams like that that, that will not work against I don't know. I don't know if there are teams that that will not work against. What team specifically? Philadelphia. The 76ers? Joel Embiid will destroy Giannis. Giannis? Yeah. On the low block? I don't know about that. A lot of a lot of what Joel Embiid's game is right now is is uh sitting at the three-point line and then dri- and then driving and Giannis will destroy him. Yeah, I think though it'll be easier Here's my thing. It'll be tough to stop Giannis when you know you've got four shooters surrounding him, right? Which is what they because Nikola Mirotic, is, he can space the floor. He can shoot from deep, so that is a whole extra element that they've added. Uh, I think though, what what teams are going to do? It's going to be you know it's going to be matchup based, and teams are going to be have to going to have to be quick to change up their lineups. And, and adapt to what the other team is doing because the top three teams in the east top four teams in the east all have really good small and big lineups now that toronto has gasol you know uh milwaukee has brooke lopez the celtics have aaron bain so they all have these big centers who can also shoot a little bit and then they have their fours that can play center if need be. you know what i mean so like it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think the Bucks got significantly better with this trade, though. Yeah, I I think the only way I disagree with you is in the fact that I think 
Giannis is going to be able to guard Joel Embiid, and he's already proven that he's he's gotten so much stronger and has his post defense has gotten so much better already. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I would love to see a Buck Sixers matchup. But Joel Embiid might just be Shaq. Like no one can block. No one's going to guard Joel Embiid. Right. right. So it's like, well, then you just put your best player on it. And I think Giannis is their best post defender. I agree. I agree. And then it causes it. It causes matchup problems on the defensive end because then you're pulling Joel Embiid. If Joel Embiid is guarding Giannis. Then you're pulling him out. I mean, basically, in that in that lineup that we described, no matter who Joel Embiid is going to guard, whether it's Miritich or Giannis, he's being pulled out from the paint because they're playing five out. Yeah, that would suck. It's interesting. Milwaukee Bucks are amazing. They're going to win the NBA title this year. <laughs> I give this trade an A. I give it a B plus. All right. Good job, Milwaukee. Moving on to New Orleans. So, at the end of the day, New Orleans came away with Jason Smith, who will probably be waived. Four second-round picks, just for clarification, Denver's 2019, Milwaukee's 2020, Washington's 2020, and 2021. Stanley Johnson, all for Nikola Mirotic. Then they sent Wesley Johnson to Washington in exchange for Markeith Morris, who they waived. And Washington's 2023 second round pick. So they've got three future Washington second round picks, which could be kind of valuable, especially as the draft expands to high school players. And Stanley Johnson, who, who knows, maybe a change of scenery will spark something from him. I give it a D. Yeah, it's so lackluster. You would have think they gave up a first round pick to get Nikola Miritich. Yeah, they couldn't get a bad first round draft pick. Stanley Johnson's crap as we were saying before we think he might be out of the league in an, a year or two mm-hmm. jason smith might be waived so they literally just got a bunch of second round draft picks and they lost two of their top five players yeah it's a bad move it's a bad move i mean the best thing they did is they maybe the best thing they did i don't know it's hard to know if trading anthony davis now was right or wrong but it might have been really wrong overall i give them a d as well you gave them a d yep yeah, I give him a D. Yeah, I think it was wrong for them not to take that Lakers offer. All right, D's all around for the New Orleans Pelicans. Now we're going to move on to the New York Knicks. We talked about a lot already, but to review, they now have DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr., two future Dallas first-round picks. Um, I This was not a bad haul for Chris Stapps. I think they did a good job. Dennis Smith could be good. He could be okay. We will see. Uh, and two first rounders, plus a young prospect for your oft oft injured star who didn't want to be there. It's pretty good. And you got rid of Tim Hardaway. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good deal for the Dicks. I'm gonna give this trade an I. If they get a big one, big free agent that's not Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris, etc. If they get a if they get either Kyrie or KD or AD or something. If they well, I guess they they don't really put themselves. Do you think that they're in the AD conversation right now? Uh, well, they have picks. They have Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Kev- Dennis Smith, Kevin Knox, Frank, two firsts, Frankie Smokes, three firsts. Mitchell Robinson. They got two firsts from. Plus, they could have the the you know top one, two, three, or four oh, this yeah. summer. So they're legit. Yeah, if they get well. They're gonna keep it if they're Zion. Mm, I don't know. Would you trade? 
I think I would trade Zion for Anthony Davis because I know straight up, Anthony Davis. but not with not with two other firsts. Well, or, no, and but, Dennis Smith. But if if it could be like Anthony Davis, Zion, or Anthony Davis for Zion, Frankie Smokes, and some salary matcher, that's not bad. I yeah, I think I would take that on both sides. That's not bad. My only thing is. I like Chris Stapps. So, and and I have nightmares about them ending up with Julius Randle and Tobias Harris on max contracts. <laughs> Julius, how would they end up with Ju- Julius Randle's not going to be offered twenty million even. He'll be offered fifteen max. I know. I just get worried about panic moves. But really, what I could see happening is something like Demarcus Cousins and Jimmy Butler as the as yeah. the max contracts gone wrong. That's probably the downside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the upside is Kaidi. Kaidi. Uh, oh, that's kind of fun. Kaidi. 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 Kaidi plus AD. Like what? That could happen. Yeah, KD, Kyrie, AD. Could be. That's the upside. Yeah, and that would be the best team in the league, probably. Definitely. So. Well, I don't want the Knicks to be good yet. So, I incomplete. Move on. Yep. On to Oklahoma City, who got out of the luxury tax. Good for them. I give them a C. I give them a C. All right. As well. I don't care. Now on to my favorite trade of this trade deadline is the Orlando Magic. Traded Jonathan Simmons, OKC's top uh, 2022 top 20 protected first, and most likely this year's Cavs second round pick for my boy Markel Fultz. I love Markel Fultz to the Magic. This is such a great move for the Magic. They really did not give up anything fat, spectacular. I mean, OKC's pick in 2020 is probably going to be like 24, 25-ish. And this year's like 33rd pick in the draft. Could be something, but you know, most likely will be nothing for Marco Fultz, which is essentially a lottery pick. It's a roll of the dice. We don't know. I give it an A minus slash F. <laughs> I love it. You don't like Marco Fultz, and it could go really badly. I mean, if I had to average it out, it'd be like a C minus. <laughs> I don't like Marco Fultz. I don't like how he eats too much. I don't like his attitude. And I don't like that he's making up diseases to make an excuse for his shooting form. <laughs> yes. I gave it a B plus because I acknowledge that Marco Fultz is a huge risk, but I look at it like a lottery pick and trading a second round and a late first plus an expiring contract for a lottery pick. Not bad. I think your B plus is like best, best, best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. They're still paying him. Let's not forget $10 million a year. Yeah, I forgot. Number one overall pick salary, baby. All right, we're going to move on to the Philadelphia 76ers. Just a few teams left. Five teams left. Let's do this. Power through. They traded Marco Fultz for the previously discussed assets. They did a pick swap in 2021 with the Houston Rockets for James Ennis. They got, they sent cash to Toronto for Malachi Richardson, who they waived, and a 2022 Toronto second. And they did the mini blockbuster with Clippers, with the Clippers, which netted them Tobias Harris, Boban, and 
Mike Scott. So the 76ers really changed their entire team. And you would think that they would have gotten less deep, but they still have a lot of good role players. Mike Scott and Boban can play. Yeah. They can both play an appropriate amount of minutes for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I mean, really, I, they got more deep, in my opinion, because they traded Markel for a player that can play in Jonathan Simmons. <laughs> they traded a pick, a second-round pick swap. So if you think about Houston and Philly, they'll probably be pretty close in the standings for the next few years. So it's a pretty insignificant piece for James Ennis, who can play. And will play for them less than he's been playing for the Rockets. Yeah. Easily. I mean, this the most significant player that they gave up is Landry Shamit. And they have J.J. Redick already. So Landry Shamit is essentially expendable because they, they serve the same purpose. Um, so I, I don't know. I really like this. They they raised their ceiling a lot by having that those that that's like their starting lineup is one of the best in the league on talent alone. I'm not completely sold on the fit, but oh, I am. Yeah, you're sold. Sell me. I am sold. I think to Tobias will give up as many shots as he has to. I think he's shown that with the Clippers that he doesn't totally care about how many shots he gets. Um, and I think that's what they needed. I think JJ Redick also doesn't care. Yeah. And the, both him and Harris are, are very, very good three point shooters, which will open it up way more for Simmons and beat and Jimmy and Jimmy, like he's a really good three point shooter too. Even though that's not really the role that he serves or wants to serve. Um, it's legitimate, and you have to respect him from behind the three-point line. So that's you know so much more space for for Embiid and and Simmons to operate. If I didn't hate Jimmy Butler so much, I would think that this move has almost no downside. But because Jimmy Butler is a tornado in NBA locker rooms, there has to be a super low floor for this too. Yeah, I mean things could go really wrong, and Jimmy and Tobias could both leave next year. If they can go to the finals this year, then this is an A, A plus. So I'm gonna say A plus slash F. With it leaning more towards the A plus side than F, I, I think that they made good moves here. I agree. They raised their ceiling, they improved their depth, and they recouped some of the draft assets that they lost in the big trade through trading Markel Fultz with that OKC top twenty protected pick because it'll probably be similar to where they would land anyway. Worst case scenario, they re-sign Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, and they have to get rid of Ben Simmons. Which is not the end of the world. I mean, I think Ben Simmons could be the best player on that team. I think it could be the end of the world. It could be the end of that team competing for a finals spot. Yeah. Hey, I'm, if, the, if the Wolves want to trade for Ben Simmons, I'm all ears for that. What do you have? I give him an A+. Plus. That's, I think they did a spectacular job. Way to go, Elton Brand. I think this is the second best team in the NBA right now. Ooh. After the Milwaukee Bucks? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to name the horror. The team that we all pretend doesn't exist so that the NBA is actually interesting to talk about. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the Phoenix Suns. We already talked about this deal, but now we'll talk about it from Phoenix's side. Ryan Anderson to Miami, Tyler Johnson, and Wayne Ellington, who was waived to Phoenix. I don't care about this. Phoenix got Tyler Johnson, who is almost a point guard, but not quite. I think it's cool that they got another actual NBA player at the guard position because they, they need those, I guess. I'm going to give them a D+. plus. How many kind of point guards are they going to waste their time on? I think that they are crazy. Just make Devin Booker the point guard or don't. Figure it out. It's like they almost just did that as a favor to the Heat. Yeah. Trade. Which is like, oh, you know why? James Jones. Run. Oh. That's some deep shit that we just uncovered. Yeah. Man, James Jones is just like helping out all his old buddies right now. I don't like it. LeBron. Pat Riley. Yeah. We'll see who else. Um, anyway, I give it no grade because I don't give a shit. Moving on <laughs> to the Portland Trailblazers. They uh, got Rodney Hood for Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, and two future second-round picks. Plus, they swapped Biggie Swanigan for Scal LeBissier. Um, I think Rodney Hood is fine. He's, pro- he's definitely better than Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin combined. And I think he'll be a just-fine bench piece for that team. As long as he's healthy. They got slightly closer to filling in a wing spot, mm-hmm. but they really needed someone who was a little bit bigger, probably, who could guard the three. Mm-hmm. And Rodney Hood probably can't do that. He's close. He's tall, but he's slight. He's he's pretty thin. They just slightly upgraded in terms of size from Nick Stauskas. Yeah. So I give it a C plus. Yeah. I think it's a C-plus move. They got marginally better. And you know what? I think Scal has slightly more upside than Caleb Swanigan, too. Although, I think they will both be out of the league fairly soon. So Yeah, I don't even want to talk about them. All right. Next is the Sacramento Kings, who traded Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph to Dallas for Harrison Barnes. Iman Shumpert to Houston for Alec Burks and a Houston 2022nd. And did the Scal for Caleb Swanigan swap. Sources say Bill Simmons says Shump is a good glue guy, good locker room guy. I believe it. As I said before we were recording, I saw a YouTube video of De'Aaron Fox and Iman Shumpert playing horse. And let me tell you, it seemed like they really liked each other. What do you think Harrison Barnes is like in a locker room? Have you Do you have any feel on that? I actually heard that he is also a really good locker room guy and that they really liked him in Dallas and the players were sad to see him go. They told him that he was probably going to be traded, but he uh, they had a game that he night. He played anyway. He played anyway. He wanted to play. He was like, that's fine. I, I want to be there for my guys. So I think they traded one good locker room guy for another different good locker room guy in a different way. So it depends. Probably better. Yeah, possibly. And you know what? They're, they're both champions. They've both won an NBA championship. And Harrison Barnes might fit a little bit better with the Kings than Iman Shumpert does. They, they have a lot of bigs and they have a lot of guards, but they don't have a lot of the in-between. And Iman Shumpert is a little bit in-between a guard and a wing. And I suppose Harrison Barnes is a little bit in-between a wing and a big, huh? This is a good move for them. They needed to get rid of the Zach Randolph expiring 
because that was their move to make. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes helps them make the playoffs over Monchumper, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, B minus. Yeah, I'll give it just a solid B. You know, they weren't going to do anything with their cap space for next year anyway. So you might as well like this is fr- this is free agency for small market teams. This is how you acquire different players to try out. And I think Harrison Barnes is a fine player. Fun. Cool. On to Toronto. <laughs> Toronto did some moves to get under the luxury tax and they got Marcus All for three two of their rotational players and CJ Miles. And as you noted, they will likely sign Jeremy Lin, who was recently bought out. What do you think about this trade? Love that. I think we already talked about a little bit with the Marcus All and uh, Valanciunas. I think that there's high upside, and I feel like if you're already putting all your chips in on Kawhi for one year, why not just take on Marcus All for on the off chance that he stays healthy for the rest of the season, and just shoot for the finals. Yo, there's no reason that Marcus Hall can't stay healthy the rest of the season because he doesn't need to play more than 20 minutes a game, if at all, on this team. True that. You know, and and really, you'll in the playoffs, you'll just save him for when you need him. You know, when Sergi Baca is getting beat up by Joel Embiid, here comes Marcus Hall to save the day. And here comes Jeremy Lin to save the day. <sighs> yes. Because Van Vliet's out for a couple weeks, it looks like, right? For I think so. At least a couple weeks, and they're going to re- reevaluate. Yeah, I think so. Stint on his arm. And you know what? Toronto needs some Lin sanity. B minus. I'm actually going to be way nicer than you on this one. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give. I'm not going to be way nicer. I'm going to give it a B because they did lose some <laughs> of their depth, and that was part of their whole thing this year. And I acknowledge that you know rotations do slim in the playoffs, but I I, I don't know. I really like Delon Wright and. I think he's a really useful player, especially as a as a perimeter defender, because he can guard one through three, um, and can be really helpful during their with like their switching lineups. But Marcus mm-hmm. raises their ceiling, so I'm gonna give it a B. It's pretty solid. Plus, they got another luxury tax. You know what? I'm gonna give them a B plus. I've talked myself into a B plus for them. All right. Finally, the Washington Wizards. Shipping Otto Porter to Chicago for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker and Markeith Morris and a 2023 second to New Orleans for Wes Johnson. I actually like this for the Wizards. I think Bobby Portis, I think he just was never quite right in Chicago. He never got to have his own spot in Chicago. Yeah. So they have Bobby Portis. Mm -hmm. They have Nikola Mirotic, and Bobby Portis doesn't have enough minutes. He punches Nikola Mirotic to get him off the team. He gets him off the team. And then they subsequently draft, well, they get Laurie Markin in the Jimmy Butler trade. <laughs> he's like, finally, I got rid of Miritich, and then now he's got Laurie Markin, who's better than he is. Yeah, but then it's like, maybe Bobby Portis can play center, but then they draft Wendell Carter, so it's like, Bobby Portis is just forever. And then they get Jabari Parker, and Bobby Portis is even more relegated to the bench. So I think this will be nice for for Bobby to come into a new space, and, and maybe the Wizards will value him and give him opportunity because I think he I mean he's a he's definitely got a lot of energy plays with a lot of energy I think he can be a decent three-point shooter he's a great rebounder um, a fine defender so I, I like him I might have heard this on the Dunktown podcast but Bobby Portis's agent 
thinks that he's going to get twenty million next year. Yeet. There ain't gonna be that type of money, but he's gonna be one of those people who signs a one year deal hoping for that twenty twenty cap spike money, you know? There are too many of him. Yeah. In the NBA. Yep. The my favorite part about this though is that they get off of Otto Porter yep. and now they're not gonna be totally screwed with luxury mm-hmm. um tax money from the John Wall contract. So I'm actually gonna give this a solid B. Yeah, and you know what? They're off of Jabari next year, he's expiring. Plus Bobby Portis will be Bobby res- Portis is ex- yeah. He'll be restricted. So if well if there's no other major offers for him, they should be able to get a good deal worked out. Yeah, great move. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a B. It's a B. It's a B deadline. Dreamworks B movie. Um, cool. That's our what was that? shit. That was maybe this time. This time. That was intense. We agreed on a lot of stuff. We were pretty close on a lot of stuff. I think that all the moves were pretty easy to digest. You know, I I kind of understand why everyone did everything. The volume was insane, and I think it's probably because of what happened three years ago or whatever two or three years ago where people were getting these medium long deals in a huge ca- salary spike year yeah like the wiggins year when we signed his contract yeah and so now people are like oh shit we have to get under the luxury tax i i agree so you know we're on to the buyout market sounds like lynn is in toronto ellington's in detroit yep. Woohoo! oh yeah west matthews in indiana that's important nick stauskas in cleveland that's not important don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter at Coast to Coast MBA, on Instagram at Coast to Coast MBA Pod. Email us at Coast to Coast MBA Pod at gmail.com. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Don't forget to subscribe and download. It really helps us out. And please, for the love of God, review. somebody leave a review. How are we still reviewless? We've been asking for months. Kim Tamatsu. Come on, Kim. Winzy Leyland, we're still waiting on your review. Yes, we are. Okay. One quick would you rather before we go. Oh, yes. I asked some kids at work this earlier. It's got nothing to do with Lindsay Whalen. Well, it's it's a Lindsay Whalen honorary would you rather. Mm-hmm. Would you rather that it always be winter, but every time you go outside... You have to wear a t-shirt and shorts, or it always be summer, and every time you go outside, you have to wear a snowsuit. Oh Jesus! <laughs> winter, winter. Okay, cool. Where? What kind of winter is this? Minnesota winter? Uh, it's not polar vortex like negative fifty degree winter, but it's like between zero and ten. Hmm. What? What about the summer? What kind of summer is this? Uh, humid. High 80s to low 90s. Snowsuit? Yeah. The clear answer is winter. Okay, cool. Good to know. And that was Lindsay Whalen's Would You Rather. All right. Dylan, I got to go. How are the How's the Gopher women's basketball team doing? Oh. I think they've been slipping, huh? Talanga, where'd you go? Talanga! Flanga quit. Bye, everybody.